1: visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews columns opinions and updates across the world of wrestling uh, 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 uh. competition starting to get thick is the
0: click so i hope you want your a game eight mate, no waves on the track when we unite united stick this isn't a game better bring your a game competition starting to get thick is the click so i hope you want
1: your a game eight mate no rain from the track when we
2: hey now it's the Mike and JD show and we are definitely bringing our a game tonight I'm your host Mike Gilbert and I'm joined as always by JD by God oliva how you doing JD not bad man I'm
0: I am so we had rain today right and I took I was going to get gas this morning and I took my turn too wide going to the gas station and I like uh bumped a work van in front of me Ooh. fortunately there was no damage done I'm like oh you want to like trade insurance he's like no nah, it's more trouble <laughs> than it's worth so yeah. uh I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> and then it was also That's- I wanted to buy a giant pop this morning before work because I was like dragging ass. So I bought the giant pop, walked into my classroom and proceeded to drop it on my classroom floor. So I spent the first period mopping my class. So the day what's started a, off what's, fantastic. What's pop? Uh, That's how we refer to soda in the Midwest.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I'm from Missouri. Yeah, I no, I lived in Missouri for four years, but I was, you know, i have in California uh, outside of all those four years for for the most part. So I grew up saying soda, but it, it freaked me out when I moved to Missouri and people said pop.
0: Yeah, that's what that's what we like, if you call it soda out here, people look at you funny like what soda? Like, kind of make fun <laughs> of people who so talk like that up here.
2: Yeah. Um, It's so weird how different parts of the country calls different things, different things. It's the weirdest thing. And so I never understood why anybody would choose pop over soda. So like it was a pop can. So that's why they called it soda pop. And in the West coast, we just stuck with soda. And then I think in the Midwest it was called pop and who fucking knows what they call it on the East coast.
0: I think they call it soda too. I'm pretty sure it's just pop here in the, I know in the, in the South it's Coke. Like anything is Coke. Like if you got a Sprite, if you, if you ask for a Coke, they ask you like, what kind? Like if you want a Sprite, you, you have to refer to it as Coke. It's weird. Yeah.
2: So we were at the beach the other day and my wife was just getting super tired. She's like, oh my gosh, I need some Coke. And I was like, don't say that too loud because people <laughs> might misconstrue exactly what kind of Coke you're talking about. Especially they on a beach. beach. Yeah. We're, we're, they could think that we're about ready to head to a party.
0: <laughs> Definitely the wrong kind of vibe.
2: Yeah, definitely. Man, uh, I dude, I've had I've had a pretty good week. This is like my first full week back to work, so that's been good. I've been kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, traveling was tough, but um, you know, I'm I'm back in it now. Um, I might get a little cranky, I might be a little grumpy today because no. I started I started back up on my diet yeah you know, oh, yes man. yesterday. So when I was traveling, I had to wear my blues, right? My dress blues. Mm-hmm. And I've had I've had these things for a long time. And they typically always fit. Them bad boys are a little snug, uh, flying. I had to fly in those things. And my 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 belt and my pants were screaming for mercy uh, during the trip. So at one point on my flight from Honolulu to Dallas, I actually unbuckled my my buckle and unbuttoned my pants, kicked my shoes off, and just sat there like a schlub on the plane um, because, because my shit was way too tight. So I was like, honey, I, I got to do it. I got to get back on my diet. So... I'm essentially starving myself right now. I I just got done eating dinner. So hopefully that cheers me up.
0: I find the thing that works the best is counting your calories, right? More so than crash dieting. That seems to be the best way to manage your weight control is just be, and then you have to be accountable for every piece of crap thing you put in your body and you feel guilty when you're like, do I really need that Snickers bar?
2: Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm incorporating a lot more. um, So my, my knees are bad. My hips are bad. And, um, but I still really like to run. So I'm reducing the amount of running that I'm doing to like one time a week. And then I'm going to, um, instead of running every, like three, four times a week, I'm going to run once a week, but during the week, I'm going to start incorporating like burpees and squats and, um, more of a hit routine Mm -hmm. incorporated into some of my weight training and my weight training. I've completely eliminated heavy weights. I'm just doing, you know, sets of 15 on everything. Sometimes sets of like 25, 30. Um, with lower weight, just really just try to get more lean and, and still stay strong. You know? The,
0: the, the high, interv- the high intensity interval training hit stuff is actually really a great way to train in general, because like the human body doesn't need to run like 10 to 12 miles. It's actually, it's actually really hard on the body, especially when you get older, the joints yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, to get in better shape and to help actually burn more fat, you need to spike your heart rate up and down at various points so the high intensity interval training is really good the um if you mix it in with your weight training that's great like with kettlebell training stuff like that that's uh, that's actually an excellent way to really get really get the fat burning stuff going because mm-hmm. like you know um the, the way we used to do it back in the, back in the 90s and early 2000s is is the wrong way the, the long running that's just like it's too hard on it's too hard on the body. And actually you don't get your body into that fat burning state that you need it to be in. Like you need like like sprints, like anything with an interval yeah. like where you're up and down and up and down is it it gets the heart moving in the right space to get to that fat burning zone. Cause just having good cardio doesn't do anything if you're trying to watch your fat intake, like trying to watch your like your like trying to watch weight. Like you can have really great cardio and be a fat piece of shit. Hey, we're professional <laughs> yeah. had, like thousands yeah. of years in pro wrestling. But I mean, oh, yeah, to watch the fats like and you want to like really that's like the high intensity interval training, any kind of sprint interval workout. That's a great that's a great way to train. I'm sure this is why everyone comes here to listen to this show. <laughs> to listen Sorry. to a Wrestling coach go on and on about ways that they can to get in better shape
2: yeah and and an Air Force guy who has to pass a fitness test once a year and how i and how I try to maintain uh maintain my weight all throughout the year. Um i I did my test a couple months ago, and my um, brother let himself go. so it's time to time to tighten up a little bit as I head into the holiday season. Um, man, j d, so we we got a ton to talk about should we eat shit right away? Let's eat shit it, right away. That's kind of what we do here. We typically mm-hmm. we we take big risks with some of the stories that are out there we swing we swing for the fences and we typically eat shit. Um I'm going to eat shit but I'm going to there's going to be a little bit of a caveat here. Okay. I didn't report a single goddamn thing cuz I am not a reporter. I just talked about what was out there. So mm-hmm. you feel free to attack me on this but I I stated this last week on overtime um that I am not a reporter. This is just kind of s- stuff that's out there. So well, we'll go ahead and get into it. So essentially on overtime uh, and we reported, well, reported, we we talked about this before Meltzer reported it. And before Sean Ross Sapp and all these other guys that WWE and CM Punk were in fact in talks at one point in time. And so, it was looking like he might be going there.
0: Yeah, man. We didn't hear in talk. To- we, the words that we heard were uh, verbally agreed to terms.
2: Yes. Like they had a plan in place. They had a date in mind like it, w- it wasn't a done deal clearly because they still had some more hoops to go through but some of the decision makers not the top ones obviously and CM Punk were pretty much all on the same page at one point in time last week
0: at least that's what we heard
2: that's what we heard yeah and and so and dave meltzer talked about it that he that punk was wanting to go back to WWE that there must have been at some point some consideration that that was the case because he talked about it in the Observer. Other sites had picked up on it too. We we were, you know, obviously enough people out because we didn't talk to anybody from The Observer about this. We we had nope. no they 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 told us nothing about this, so we kind of heard similar stuff at the same time. And um, and then we get into the weekend and we're still getting more teases on WWE. WWE has been teasing CM Punk stuff for the last couple weeks, specifically with Seth Rollins and some of the stuff he was saying. Corey Graves made a, a kind of an offhand remark uh, quoting an old CM punk uh, promo from ring of honor. And an then we get to Monday. Quoting a Go promo
0: ahead. that was quoting a movie for yes. 1995, but continue.
2: Yes. And then, and then we get to Monday and on raw Shinsuke Nakamura hits the GTS. And I'm like, okay, we we're we're, we're home, baby. This dude is going back to WWE. We're going to have something interesting to talk about. Well, we're, we're, we're home. We're on the home stretch. And then we get up on Tuesday. And Sean Ross Sapp puts out a report that stating that WWE contacted him and said, they are not going to be bringing in CM Punk. CM Punk's not coming in. Nick Houseman backed it up. Dave Meltzer backed it up. Everywhere's backing it up. So it looks like they were negotiating at one point in time. And at one point in time, it looked pretty promising. And then, at some point the whole thing just fell through i have a theory on that but i'm going to let you go first uh the whole thing fell through cm punk is in fact not going to wwe they essentially turned his ass down so like what happened is Sean
0: rothsap got a call from his sources at wwe and uh fightful i want to i guess you could say broke the story i think cuz dave went yeah. dave went cuz you and i were just going to put this on our on our patreon right yes. we cuz our Patreon's like our buddies so we were going to talk to our yeah. patrons like hey this is what we're hearing this is probably going to happen and then the next day the next morning dave hit the observer comes out and there's paragraphs about punk coming back to wwe right cuz mm-hmm. it had been the scuttlebutt like if we hear it there's you know dave definitely knows it if we've heard it so yeah. i'm pretty sure once it hit the observer you coming okay it's time to put this one back we got to put this genie back in the bottle cuz it ain't going to happen um, I'm yeah. of the mind that that was probably news to CM Punk mm-hmm. and I think it was probably news to the rest of the company too, because I don't care what, like the whole idea is like, um, <clears throat> well, that's talent just kind of doing their own thing and going into business for themselves. Yeah. Cause that happens all the time in world wrestling entertainment talent are known for going into business for themselves and not following the script.
2: Especially Shinsuke Nakamura on their on the road to a big event in Chicago, he certainly wouldn't be on his own doing a GTS, right? I mean, like he's, he's, never he's certainly done not going to do that. Yes, he's never done it. Makes no, it makes no sense for him to do that.
0: So, um, I think we're of the same mind to this, right? Something fell through.
2: I, I think that it. I think they got all the way up, and it was all agreed upon. They had it figured out money I, I don't know about I don't know about any of that stuff but they all had it figured out and um Vince who we'll talk about a little bit later very likely put the kibosh on the whole thing um said no not this guy not well, this we guy heard,
0: we heard I don't want to reveal who we heard this from this different source who uh um I'll let this person reveal himself at some point said uh, the rumor was that Nick Khan said to Punk I don't know about you we love yeah. Adam and we're going to get and he we gave him a lot of money and he's not a draw you I'm not sure about which right. I could absolutely hear a hardline negotiator like Nikon saying those words to a CM punk. Cause is the juice wor- worth is the juice worth the punk squeeze right now for them? I don't I mean no. after what we saw this week, I don't think so.
2: <laughs> They're going to go from number one to number one. Like what, mm-hmm. what would be, the, what would be the point? Sell a couple extra tickets in Chicago I, I honestly, I I that. very much understand why they, they 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 didn't re-sign Edge. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. The guy costs a lot of money. and He's not bringing any money in. He might sell you a couple of t-shirts. He might help you sell out Toronto, but that's that's it. And then so the same thing for CM Punk. CM Punk is a bigger draw than Edge. CM Punk is a bigger ratings mover than Edge. I I just don't think that you're going to get so much more money than you would have to spend to make a whole thing worth it. I I I, ju- I just don't see it. Um, especially considering the guy's history and the fact that they yeah. did fire him before and he got fired from AEW and he got suspended there twice. And the whole, I, it, it literally just never made any sense to me that the WWE would even think about bringing him back. I, I understand why they had the conversation. I think you should at least kick the tires on the guy, mm-hmm. see what he's made of, you know, but would you, are you going to, to risk your locker room? Or are you going to you know, risk all of that? Because when you bring a guy like that in, he's going to be costing a lot of money. Um, You're not going to give him a ton of power to where he has he's going to have leverage over the company, but you're still going to build a lot of your programs around him. He's going to be a big part of the show.
0: Um, we talked about this last week. I said there's a lot of guys in the company who don't like him all that much. Cody Rhodes yeah. is... I went back and watched, listened to Cody Rhodes' last promo from AEW. When I say last promo, his last AEW program. The, what do you want to talk about promo? Which people remember yeah. that line, but they kind of forget that he's he actually he brings up the pipe bomb and... Says that he did all the stuff that Punk talked about doing in that promo Which is true and at that Point it's so weird to listen to, to Cody not be able to control a crowd So much has Changed in the last two years Right because they because remember in early 2022 the AW fan Base had totally turned on Cody Rhodes Right yeah. completely totally turned on the guy And then to Hear him basically say you guys are choosing This guy over me and you're fucking stupid Right and that look where we are now. Like, yeah, he was right. <laughs> that that <laughs> yeah. guy went to the AW and was a, uh, whether you believe he was a cancer or a savior, he was a gigantic divider of that locker room. And we say this as fans of him. We and I both profess yeah. that we are big fans of his work, but I cannot tell you that AEW is in a better place because of him at this point.
2: Uh, in fact, I think one could argue that they're in a much worse place since, I agree. uh, because they peaked so much, and uh, hey, hey guys, if you're in the chat, do me a favor. I forgot to share the show tonight, so if uh, you could do, I just shared it. So if you guys could tell your friends that you're watching us, and if you can give us a big thumbs up, if you can comment on the video, and make sure that you're a subscriber to the Voices of Wrestling Network, I'd really appreciate it. Um, so uh, you know, I am a big believer that he did way more harm than good, and I understand that they did this tremendous first pay per view with All Out a couple of years ago um they they their pay-per-view numbers after that their baseline was a lot higher with punk than it was before he got there right because right now True. they're kind of back to they're kind of inching closer back to that original baseline of right around 100 to 120 130 000 but with punk it was a it was a bit higher right and so i think that all out did like what 220 something like that like 250 something like that so it was like 220 yeah, um yeah all in all-in was, you know,
0: was about two hundred two. too. Like, their base night is yeah. about 140 right now. Prior to Punk, it was yeah. about 100. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they were averaging about 100,000. So, I mean, it, yeah. they've retained more since bringing him on, right? And that is the only... We'll talk about this later. That is the only metric that AEW has grown over the yeah. past two years, right? I think that upsetting... I think that the, the buzz you get from CM Punk is is um leaned out by the 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 baggage he carries right and when i say baggage i'm not talking about his fans which can be a bit something but i mean (laughs) like punk just can't be punk just can't stop being punk and if you're wwe and it's funny i want you to like really look back on where things were two years ago right Two years ago, we had the same situation with SmackDown. SmackDown, remember they went for a third hour SmackDown, put it on FS one or yeah, third hour SmackDown. Yep. Put or no, it was, I forget. They put it. I think the second hour SmackDown. They put it on FS one against AEW, and they won. AEW won. Yeah, right. At that stage, we were all like, "Oh my god, there's something really going on here." They talked about. I found some old tweets of mine at the 2022 Royal, 2022 Royal Rumble none of the last like six people in the ring were under 40. Right. And we were talking about how this company is like, they haven't made any stars. There isn't anything happening there, blah, blah, blah. And in less than two years, the f- script is completely flipped. Yeah. And he's a big part of the reasons why on both sides.
2: Yeah. Cause if, if you look, if you look at his feud and we'll stick with AEW, if you look at his feuds there, you know, he had the quick Darby, right, where he beat Darby, and that was the end of that. They they mm-hmm. never really went back to it. They could have went back to it later, but obviously things. He, he spent more time teaming with Darby
0: after that match. Yeah, than feuding with him, They
2: never really Absolutely. feuded with him.
0: Yeah, he just kind of called him out. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and then he had the awesome, awesome, fantastic one of my favorite feuds ever with MJF. Don't forget. Ah,
0: you're forgetting one. You're forgetting one. He had a mini feud with Eddie.
2: That's right. They going they the full gear. Yeah, but that was like a two to three week kind of like, hey, There's we want to get this. Yeah, so they 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 built it up at the last minute typically, <laughs> but yeah, yeah they they did. They they booked the match and then they had a hell of a match too. They did. Um, and he beat he beat Eddie and then they they go to MJF. He splits with MJF, and then he does the Moxley thing. Um, he has Hangman. Hang Hang he beats up he beats up Hangman, tanks Hangman's career to where Hangman has never been able to recover since then. Correct. Um, <clears throat> and. And then he does the he does the Moxley thing and then Brawl out happens and he comes back. And then who's he feuding with? 43, 44 year old Samoa Joe, right? Um, I think they were going to eventually get to MJF. I think they did something with Starks. They're eventually going to get to the MJF thing. Um, but they they just never really got to it. So really, what did they end up gaining besides some early success and a little bit of notoriety in the beginning of his of his run there? Not Especially, much. Like they're they're no. not the better for it
0: no especially because of what happened behind the scenes like talk about brawl out all you want but i mean like there's like a le- legit division like yeah. the bu- like the bucks and fcr were working together and they just you know it was what it was they went from like you know uh, we work together okay it's fine to like seriously disliking each other at various yeah. points, right? Yeah. I mean, like, there's there's a lot more, like, remember when Jim, this is so funny, guys like Jim Cornette used to make fun of AEW for being like, that. oh, ooh, the happiest all friends wrestling, everybody's happy in their <laughs> locker room, what a bunch of bullshit, and then there's problems and they're cackling the whole way, well, which is a motherfucker, which is better when everybody hates each other or when people like each other?
2: Like I think when everybody's a, everybody's a professional, right, and that's where we like you don't have to like everybody. Everybody has to be professionals, right, and that's where we went off Stop because that. one guy, yeah, what one, one guy, um, when he's reacting to people being unprofessional is to get physical, right? <laughs> you know, versus handling things in a professional manner, which ended up tanking it. Since since he his suspension from the year before, well, like the original suspension. I somebody's going to do a study on this and, I'm, and and it'd be fascinating like the decline in ticket sales and ratings since that original suspension. I know there's been ebbs and flows and of course they had the big show in the UK, but domestically it's been terrible, right? Mm-hmm. It's been like like year over year has been pretty awful um f- for that company. So if you're WWE and you're taking a look at that it's like what the fuck why would we do that? We're hot right now. Mm-hmm. Now if if eventually they take a big dip and they need to take a risk, right, to get to get money going back up, to get these live events back up. Maybe they take a maybe they take a flyer on them. But uh, Joe Joe in the chat, and I'm gonna get you guys in the chat here in a minute. Joe in the chat says Chicago was already sold out. Yeah. Uh, Both shows, Survivor Series and uh, SmackDown, I believe they they were they were already sold out. So that proves right there the WWE they don't need CM Punk, and honestly, um, they don't need Edge, and they were smart to, tur- to to turn down Edge, and they're smart to turn down CM Punk.
0: I agree 100%. Like that's the thing too. Is it's like AEW really kind of AEW had some news today. We'll touch on that a little bit. Let's do it now. Fuck it. Um did yeah. you see the news today that AEW is bringing in Mystico for Rampage this yes. week? Yeah, I, like, had,
2: I had that for the end of the show, but let's talk about it now while we wait for our guest. Because I guests. got a point, yeah, because
0: we're waiting on a guest. Um, so yeah. he's going to wrestle Rocky Romero, which is perfect. Rocky is, Rocky is professional wrestling's forbidden door, like personified. Rocky goes everywhere. Rocky does whatever. The man is amazing, right? He's a slut. Go ahead. You say he's a slut. I say he's incredible because he's the only guy who can work everywhere. If Rocky showed up in the Royal Rumble in a couple months, people go, oh, yeah, of course it would be Rocky. Who else would be the first guy to do this? Why wouldn't it be Rocky Romero, you know? Um, (laughs) So the fact that he's working Mystico is amazing. The fact that Mystico, as Mystico, not as Mysticese, is going to be on the Mm -hmm. same card as Penta is nuts. Like, this is a complete and total shift in cml business like this is this is like mind-blowing stuff politically speaking and to this day mystico not fucking sincara is the biggest lucha star of his generation and they're and smart they're doing it at a houston show right it's a houston yeah. suburb but it's you're talking about something that borders mexico so you're doing this to to do local promotion this is just such a good thing to do and of course i put that out there and i get a Nameless guy who's like, "What? That's just not a lucha on the show." It doesn't mean anything to anybody else. Fuck that, man! I'm so tired <laughs> of this attitude where everything has to be growing all the time. We have to grow. We have to grow. We have to grow. Right? What do we say on the show, Mike?
2: What well, we have to grow. But I, I got to say, oh, fuck the casuals. But you and I got heat right now because why? We you heat? did not quote tweet that using the hashtag bad tweets because I did think it? that the... <laughs> I, could, I think Mike, Mike, I couldn't oh okay because i it want was you somebody... to go through
0: my timeline and you'll see why um oh, okay 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 it, <laughs> um I spent, never mind uh but this okay. is the thing though it's like for, <laughs> for the last we'll get into this later uh, for the last couple of years it's always been you had the di- you know guys with like these disingenuous takes like way killer growing well how do they get their second million viewers how do they get their yeah. second million motherfucker wwe struggles to get two million viewers And like the four-year-old company is expected to just be able to just do this. Like the idea that they should be able to be where WWE is right now is ridiculous. And so what have they done? Tony Khan has listened to these people, right? And he has decided, well, we need to get WWE fans liking our product. They saw what happened. You said this last week before anybody else. They saw what happened with the bloodline and they said, well, God, we got to do that. We need to do more of what they're doing. So this past year has been nothing but steering into being more wwe like and as the month by they've gotten less and less and less in the ratings and less and less and less in ticket sales right to the point where there's lots of fans who were into aew initially have rejected the product because it's becoming more 2010 tna instead of 2006 tna
2: right yeah yeah because 2006 was super innovative it was yes. cutting edge yes yeah okay they were they were in a studio and they obviously but it was a little bit different but like that's kind of what we want AEW to be but instead we're steering into like you were saying we're steering into essentially yes Danny screw the casuals we're steering into they we're bringing back the attitude era uh we're 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 uh, we're going to sketch comedy now we're going to do more sketch comedy we're going to get away from the awesome wrestling matches. We're still going to have some, but the awesome wrestling matches we're going to have are all going to be muttered with interference, nonstop yep. interference, which was 2010 TNA, a lot of attitude era stuff. You can have some of that stuff. I watched dynamite this week. I thought it was an entertaining show. I had to fast forward through the Roddy uh, stuff because I'm Good. sick of it. Smart I, decision. I'm re- I, and then honestly, someone else who's jumping the shark for me already is fucking Tony storm because her, her black and white sketch I thought was terrible. I like what she's doing when her interviews and I like what she's doing, hitting people's yeah. shoes, but that, but that sketch comedy stuff, I just, it, it's, it takes too long. I agree with um, that. and, 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 and it's not, it's not very good. Right. And I get that on the other stuff. I watch you because you guys were supposed to be the opposite of them. And so, and AEW absolutely has a higher expectation for it. Um, because they, They advertised themselves on being the alternative and now they're steering into what WWE was, which is WWE light. They're steering into, you know, Eric Bischoff running the company or John Gabrurik. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: 100%. That's the problem right now is when you, when you try to chase like Tony Khan's doing also a challenger brand, challenger brand, challenger brand, fucking act like a challenger brand, man. Like what is the one metric the AEW has has grown? They've grown in the last two years in pay-per-views. Why? Yeah. Because AEW puts on these fucking awesome pay-per-views with great wrestling. Yeah. And that is what the AEW fan wants to see. Wrestling. What did WWE do the last two years? What have they done the last two years? That's been smart. They've built new fans. Yeah. Their teenage audience has grown. And I'm a high school teacher, man. I will tell you, I hear my kids all the time. It's more last year than this year, but I heard it a lot more last year doing Bloodline stuff. I walk in the classroom, the kids are all doing this. Like, that was into it. Like, they were into the story. They have built another level of fan by reaching out to those people, right? AEW is trying to reach WWE fans. And WWE fans, since 1987, have only been interested in WWE. You will not reach those fans. and Professional wrestling history is littered with the bones of companies that tried to chase the world wrestling federation and they have not tried to stand out and do their own thing. When AEW was successful and on the come up, it was because they were different. It was because yeah. the show was different. It was because we had things, we had mocks bleeding. We had all this crazy. We still do have that, but now you see so much of proliferation of people from the other side have come in right mm. there's guys they're they're t- people I, I have one dude on my twitter who i like i like this guy but he's like they need to focus on and M- guys like mjf and tony storm i'm like motherfucker they're all over the show they're all over the <laughs> yes. show so, well they need vignette yeah. time i'm like how many more vignettes can we give these people and then i realized you don't actually watch the show yeah. you're just parroting what people say and that's the problem is you don't You don't get honest-to-God criticism. You're getting people who just parrot things that Eric Bischoff says. And Eric Bischoff's a fucking moron. Why would you listen to Eric Bischoff? He torpedoed WCW when they were the most profitable wrestling company in the world. And in one year, he lost his job and took them down right and then they brought him into tna and he completely cut the legs off from underneath them too but you're gonna let you're gonna parrot this guy's opinions on wrestling like they need to go away from everything they've been doing the last two years and get back to what works for them and what excites their fan base and then find new fans to go from there by doing your thing pepsi doesn't try to make a drink taste like coke right they don't do that they just work on pepsi coke tried to change the recipe wants to be like pepsi what happened there's a big cash thing you guys should look up the new coke thing if you yeah. aren't around yeah. 80s, that's a big story it,
2: yeah new coke sh- completely shit the bed um you you if you want to be an alternative be it be an alternative that doesn't mean that you don't you know utilize some wwe ideas from now and then um just just be be yourself like book to your strengths and don't worry about what that casual audience is going to is going to want because that's what WWE has those guys on lock. You have this really big, a large uh, audience that pay, will pay a lot of money to watch you guys on pay-per-view. Now you got to just get back to getting them back to the shows, getting them watching your products again and get hot again. Um, and how you do that. I don't know, but I tell you how you don't do it. I don't think that you recycle 50 year old WWE hall of famers and start feuds from 20 years ago on your television i don't think that's how you do it um I, I, and I honestly the numbers last two weeks have starting are proving me right which we're going to talk about uh once once we bring in uh once we bring in our guests here but before joe, we bring in the go before ahead. we get the guest joe yes i dropped a lot of lines so you got to be more specific <laughs> in which line i dropped and i got to move
0: on from because i don't yeah. even know
2: yeah 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 tell tell jd how he was brilliant he He wants to hear that i love hearing um that stuff. Let, let's 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 go to the let's go to the chat real quick we got uh, Norris Sparks. He said, "Dang, I thought this was an Impact Wrestling review." Hey, brother, brace for you Impact uh, this that. weekend. Yeah, brace for Impact uh, this weekend. It's gonna be on Patreon.com/slash/the Mike and JD Show. Um, uh, my guy Kozlov. I've been saying that Kozlov should come to Impact, and uh, he is on the show now. So they got Kozlov. So we'll be talking about that guy. Um, IO Productions Patreon subscriber. What's up? Be your own wrestling brand and dance to your own beat. You damn right, sir. Absolutely. Um, yep. Uh, and then we got we got Danny in the house, Danny. I said, who gives a damn about the casuals when they don't give a damn about you? Ab- absolutely. Agreed. And then and then Joe followed up with the line that he thought was brilliant: littered with bones of companies chasing WWE. Oh, that's a good so line. I, <laughs> I yeah. should write that so, down. That's, that was good. Y- you should. Because <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually going to talk about something like that on the Patreon. Uh, we're going to record it later tonight. We're going to drop it. Uh, we're going to drop it uh, over the weekend, maybe on Monday. It depends on if a new fucking news story breaks out and we have to drop it early. But um, we're going to talk about TNA losing their Spike TV deal. And there was an article that was written at the time stating that there will never be another number two again. Like this might've been one of their last opportunities, not from Dave Meltzer, somebody from, uh, from Grantland. It was the old uh, ringer website, uh, Grantland. So uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and then lastly, we got uh Lucha Donchick, number one NC ho in the building. He is definitely <laughs> a North Carolina. Ho. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's also a Patreon subscriber. So we love him, but at JD. Let's go ahead and get to our guest. Let's um, do it. He is he is the guy that brought us into the wrestling podcasting space. We used to work for him over at Fight Game Media Network. Uh, he is uh, the co-host of my favorite version of Wrestling Observer Radio. Hope that doesn't give him any heat. Um, he is a uh, Garrett Gonzalez man. How you doing, Garrett?
1: What's up, guys? I was not surprised to see JD already on fire when I was in the the, <laughs> you know, the green was, room there.
0: I was in a really good mood, and then we just started talking about this stuff, and I just got all feelingy i don't know you're a man of passion yeah. I am. yeah i'm italian
2: yeah yeah absolutely also guys reminder if you're in the chat please take a couple of seconds and hit that thumbs up on uh on the youtube uh, show let's tell uh, our uh, our bosses and voices of wrestling network that uh, that you like us. That does that really, really work is that out.
1: something that helps
2: you know uh, so uh, because of you garrett i have been watching um uh larry krueger yeah. I did not know that he had a YouTube show, but I watched him on your 49er review, Go Niners. And now I'm watching his 49er review, and he he hits that algorithm pretty well. He actively talks people into hitting that like button and commenting on his videos, and he does it throughout his live feed. And I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to do more of that. I, I think it's important to remind people to do that because videos that are liked um, and videos that are commented on or being actively engaged typically get on uh get in that algorithm and get into your feet a lot faster that's what i'm learning over time as makes i start sense. to do more of the youtube business you know what i mean
1: makes a lot of sense
2: yeah but uh garrett we we uh we've been talking about bringing you on for a while we're really excited to have you and uh since we have you on i i think i've heard a little bit of your story before um i know i know you're one of the co-founders of Nextdoor, and you got you got a lot a really cool history but what i'm interested in is how does somebody like a rando dude like you that's not connected to the wrestling business become friends with Dave Meltzer <clears throat> out of nowhere like how how, how does that even happen um, and then I got more questions about Dave since I got you on <laughs> uh,
1: the way that it happens is not to say that I necessarily made it happen there's a lot of flukes involved in it happening but obviously first invo- first become becoming a fan is, is kind of the thing and I have been reading him since 1991, but I didn't read The Observer until... I didn't subscribe to The Observer until 99, I believe. How I read him was through The National, which was the daily Mm -hmm. sports newspaper that he was writing for, and my dad would get it, and he'd come home from work, and I'd be home from school, and he'd throw it at me. And one day, I read it, and I was like, wow, who's this guy writing about wrestling? The reason why I know it's 1991 is because of the WrestleMania seven situation where they had to pull out of uh, the LA Coliseum, which they wanted to say was because they were uh, worried about the, the health of, of one Sergeant slaughter, but really it was because they just didn't sell any tickets to that show. And so when I sort of realized that, and I was reading this stuff going like, wow, like this is very interesting information. There's a different side to wrestling than, than I realized existed. And then, from there, I was just so interested in that side. so fast forward to gosh, we're talking nineteen ninety nine two thousand when I did start subscribing, and I realized that he was from where I was from uh, I told uh, I told my ex-wife the the mother of my my two sons at the time this was around two thousand three, two thousand four. I said, you know what at some point, I'm going to meet this guy, and because of this wrestling thing, I'm sure there will be you know not not to say that we're going to be friends or anything but i'm I'm sure it'll be like an interesting conversation i don't imagine there's a lot of people like me who he meets in you know on a daily basis so fast forward 2004 actually get invited to his house but not by <laughs> him yeah so dave talks about going back he's got all these old crazy friends who would come over and watch wrestling and watch ufc and my best friend was working at the gold's gym in Campbell, which is where Dave went to, to go work out. And so he would see Dave pretty much every day and he would say hi and, and stuff. And he got to be friends with, uh, one of Dave's friends. His name was Bobby. Interestingly, I've, I've never met Bobby since I've been <laughs> friends with Dave. So I don't know what happened yeah,
2: there, but he's but, such an important part of your history. So.
1: <laughs> so he and my, my best friend were we're getting kind of, you know, buddy, buddy about wrestling and stuff. And so he's like, Hey, if you want to watch this, uh, Chuck Liddell fight at Dave's house, like, let's go. Uh, you're invited. So he tells me, he's like, hey, we got to go watch Chuck Liddell at Dave's. And he's not even a UFC fan. And so that was the same night that the w- the rundown, the rock movie, The Rundown had come out. <laughs> and my ex-wife and I had like date night. So we had to go see The Rundown. And I was a little bit like bummed out. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? That's, we're going to cross paths. Like, Like, I'm sure I'll meet him at some point. And uh, a few years later, we met at what is called Pat's Run, which is the run at Leland High School in honor of Pat Tillman. That's where I actually oh. first physically met him. And I, I, on Wrestling Observer Radio, we shared this story. And I have the photo, and I threw it out there and, and shared it on Twitter a uh, long, long time ago. And just through the F4W community, through going to Las Vegas, there was one moment, I think it was whenever Randy Savage passed away that year, it was like shortly thereafter we had one of these F4W conventions in uh, in Las Vegas. And so we're in this like little ballroom Ed in San Antonio had set it up and he's got merch and all this stuff. And so I'm sitting at one of the tables and I see Dave and Dave comes in and he starts like doing the thing where he just like eyeballs the entire room. He's like, who do I know? Who do I know? Who do I know? And he locks eyes with me because we'd met before and I talked to him a few different times and he just comes and sits by me and he sits by me for like two and a half hours and we just talk and like people are randomly coming up and saying hi to him and stuff. But that was kind of the connection. And then a couple years later, um, I had, uh, I just moved and I just, I just reached out to him. I was like, Hey, I, you know, I, I'm I'm in the process of moving. Cancel my cable. Do you ma- Do you mind if I come over and watch whatever the WWE pay per view was at that point? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, no problem. Come over, and he he invites me. I go to his house. Who opens the door to let me in to Dave Meltzer's house? None other than my co host on the Fight Game Podcast, John LaRocca. John <laughs> LaRocca funny. had been going to Dave's house maybe like two months prior. Dave had invited him over to watch these pay-per-views. So then John and I, that's when John and I got close. That's when Dave and I got close. And it was really uh, when Brian Alvarez, I think he had his second kid. He was like, hey, I know you and Dave are friends and I know you do podcasting. Can you help me? Because I cannot. I just had a new child and I cannot do the show as many times as Dave wants to do it. And like, I was like, yes, before, like I, I didn't know equipment, I had nothing. I was just like, yep, I'll do it. And then I had to sort of figure out everything else. And like, if you go back those like first five shows that I recorded with him, they're terrible. And they sound bad <laughs> because I didn't have equipment and I was trying to do stuff on the fly. And then Brian had to go like, OK, hold on, let me send you stuff. And here's how you do it. And blah, blah, blah. So and then I, I started just recording with him. And we would do it in person because I felt like that was the best way to do it. And sort of from that moment on, like we were already friends, but I think we got closer because of that moment. And then during the pandemic, when we couldn't meet together anymore and we're still doing these shows, um, I think it just created a different sort of closeness. Obviously, the pandemic was hard for people. And if you and if you were. Uh, kind of locked up in your house, like, you know, the the outlet you had was maybe the person you would call on the phone. And that's kind of what Dave's phone was, was doing this podcast (laughs) with me. And so I think we really connected throughout the pandemic uh, and it, it, you know, made us closer, but really, you know, we were friends, but the podcast and doing the podcast and me kind of bringing a different element to it, because him and Brian, you know, they are the, like, like a lot of people who do this stuff, like they do it because of Wrestling Observer Radio. You can even go back. I know Mike probably has some old IATA shows on download somewhere. But like <laughs> yeah, that's I kind did. of how why we all started it. like oh wow that's cool. I love listening to these guys. And so Brian and Dave are kind of the the they're not they're not the first people who ever did it, but they're really they've been doing it for so long. You know people look at them as like that's you know th- those were the guys that I listened to growing up in this thing and my commutes like it was all Brian and Dave. So. Like, I had to bring, like, a slightly different element to the show because I couldn't do what Brian does any better than Brian does it because he's just the king at that stuff. So I think just bringing a, a slightly different element to that show makes Dave uh, think a little bit differently, and I think he really likes that part of it. So, like, he's, like, I at some point, I thought, okay, Brian's back, second kid, he's got it, they're good, and I wasn't going to have to do it anymore. And Dave's like nope we want to keep Friday let's keep doing it and we've just been doing it ever since and it's it's fun for me but it, it it's it's a lot of work I gotta read that observer like within like two hours I, I oh, speed dead, yeah. read the observer just so I have every <laughs> little bit of detail but it's a blast i've I figured out how to do it and uh you know hopefully people like it there I, there's there's no way that I could actually be better than brian at his own show but i like that's why I, I like to bring a little little different side of things because it it has to be a little yeah. bit unique so, so i garrett-
2: think i think it's a different show go go ahead JD.
0: <laughs> so garrett what you're telling me is you can't beat brian at what he does so you're going to be something different than what brian <laughs> yeah. is yeah. what a crazy yeah. Concept.
2: <laughs> yeah it seems like that's what we've been talking about all night
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and, and I, I kind of heard the tail end of, of that conversation it was a good one and, you know, it's, it's what we've been saying right now. There is an there, there are people out there. CM Punk was one of them who you kind of had to at least try because he was a big enough star. He oh, had yeah. been gone for so long. And there was an opportunity to bring fans back. And I think they showed that. Yeah. The, those first shows, they showed there, there was he had a fan base that was going to watch them that wasn't currently watching them. And I think the lesson is is not everybody's CM Punk, right? There's one. And maybe I, I like I can't even think of another person. I was telling um I forgot who I was telling, but I said that, you know, because Matt Riddle is out there. And now Matt Riddle brings a whole different element of stuff as to why maybe you don't want to bring him on. But if we take away that stuff just as a wrestler, would you want to bring in Matt Riddle or would you just want to push the hell out of Ricky Starks? To me sky's the limit maybe with Ricky Starks and Matt Riddle's always going to sort of be Matt Riddle. So I think that mentality is really interesting, but I also think it's it's got to be tempting as hell for Tony Khan to just be like I can sp- I can bring over anybody. I have the money to to bring over, you know, just about anybody. It's tempting to bring over an edge, especially if you're a fan of edges, if you know yeah. him a little bit. Edge is a smart guy. He's probably a very uh charming dude. Uh he's he's probably his own best uh salesperson, you know, for himself as for sure. Edge. So I I understand, you know, why it's so tempting to bring these guys over and I'm glad that you know, I don't I wouldn't have to make those kind of decisions because you know, that that wrestling company would sort of look a lot like my favorite wrestlers probably and that might not be best for business either, but there is this sort of history of the business and, you know, I get to talk about it with, with Meltzer. So I, I I'm, it's constantly in my head about exactly what JD said, which is, you know, you can't out WWE, WWE. There's just no way.
0: Nor should you. I think that's the lesson is like, you don't want to because you can't beat them doing what they do. No one has. Like when WCW was at their best is when they were really trying to do their own thing, right? And when yeah. they focused on what they could be different. And that was when it was, and I think that's when AEW is at its best too, is I remember we all, Garrett, we left the All Out 2021 show feeling like, oh man, something big might have just happened here. And it probably did, but like and I just talked to Mike before when the show started, like 2022 WWE, early 2022, they were talking about how how terrible the morale was in the locker room, how nobody was under 40 in the rumble. And in just a short amount of time, things can swing back in the other direction. If you write the ship, it's not overnight, but six, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten months fly by when you're not even realizing it. So, and I was, the point I was making is I think that bringing in, Sing, uh, in car <laughs> Mystico is a good move. <laughs> Because you're not going to use them a ton. It's like when you bring Mil mascaras in, right? You're doing yeah. a show in the Texas border town, right? Get some people in the crowd, get something that AEW specific fans will care about. It's something cool. What do they like? What do AEW fans like more than they? they like matches, right? And you put it on Rampage, you know, no one's watching Rampage anyway, and it's a cool moment. So I tell you what, I'm more interested in Rampage now than
1: I was 20 minutes before finding that out.
2: Yeah. The- so-
1: well, just uh, let me follow up with J- what yeah. JD said, and then you can go, Mike. The thing about the Mi- the Mystico situation is, he has never been on AEW television before. Mm-hmm. It's unique in that because of their relationship with uh with AAA, like people probably thought, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we we won't ever see him in AEW. I sort of see it as an indie promoter would see it in that that guy's available. We bring him over. We pay him whatever his fee is. We don't have to sign him to a contract. We can't right. sign everybody. And if he's just going to come back sort of on a per-date deal, great. But if he does perform, and if he does bring in new viewers, and that's kind of the experiment, right? You're you're doing this experiment with your television show. And if he does do better than the guys that you have, then maybe you do sign him. But the problem is that you already have done that with like seven guys Mm -hmm. and you don't then, you are not able to then cut those guys. Like, you know, I'm sure in Tony Khan's mind, he has a vision for gravity in three years. Gravity is going to be this, you know, whatever. Um, You know, he has this vision of what uh, Vikingo is going to be in a couple of years, but we've already established that Vikingo at one point was a draw for that one-time special draw and then we saw him on rampage like a bunch of times and then he lost he in wasn't a, that in anymore a,
2: in a battle royal right there they had him in like a tag team battle royal at one point one of their a uh, dozen battle royals that they've had this year yeah so if they're gonna bring in mystico they they got to treat him like he's special right and an attraction then, and, and treat treat him like an attraction i i, I think i think it's a smart thing to do um and back to what you know garrett was saying it's like hey do you do you bring in an adam Copeland or do you or do you push swerve? I think everybody knows the answer that I have, right. <laughs> not not that not that what Copeland's been doing on television isn't good. It is good, but it's wins above replacement, right? It's like, can you get to the same place that you're at right now? with a, a cheaper prospect right that might have a bigger future i think that you can and i think they're finding that out right now um and you guys know me i always uh, relate everything back to sports um and and if it works it works if it doesn't work it doesn't work you're going to find out at the box office you'll find out in ratings and you ultimately find out in pay-per-views um and that's going to get us to our actually the one of the topics we want to talk to you about Garrett. because i think Garrett has good insight onto like um on society and culture and things like that he's really got his uh, his finger on the pulse of what's really going on um, not just in sports, but in, like, community and things like that. Um, and MJF and Juice uh, this week got themselves into a little bit of controversy, Juice Robinson. Um, so MJF's a promo about the anti-Semitism he faced as a kid and being uh, having rolls of quarters thrown at him and things like that um, essentially is a hate crime, right? I mean, that's, like, that's not really something to play with. Well, they they brought that up in uh, in an angle this week with Juice Robinson, where Juice had a roll of quarters with the name Friedman, not MJF. He went Friedman on there to you know to basically spell out that last name so that way we yeah we know that this guy is Jewish. So they were leaning into an anti-Semitism angle. There's no two ways about it. Um, and they even spoke about it on commentary. Um and they took a lot of heat for it and, and 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 probably rightfully so, right? They took a lot of heat for it online. MJF has since come out saying, guys, it's all fake. And this is just my story, which now you if it was already dead at that point, it's probably even more dead now because now, now nobody cares anymore. Um, so what, what do you think about it, Garrett? This I think
1: this is like the hardest. Now, when we talk about pro wrestling, it's usually pretty easy, right? got some yeah. matches you can complain about booking you complain about stars we're all experts on ratings and all what that means this is so different and i have been thinking about this since you asked me to come on here and going like okay like we all have to be thoughtful when when we're talking about this for one yes this is not yes. a, a necessarily a, a like a joke kind of uh, angle or anything this is very serious and I have been pretty vocal going back uh, to the NXT 2.0 era. For one, it was terrible. So I was trying to find a way to not watch that show, anyways. <laughs> but they had stereotyped some uh, Asian characters pretty hard, like to, almost to the point of where I was like, you know, they used to do this in wrestling a lot when I was a kid. And now as an adult, I'm seeing it again. And I kind of like, I have a choice now. Like I'm not this kid who's like, I can't wait to watch wrestling every weekend. Like, I mean, I still enjoy it, but I have a choice to to turn the the television off. And so I stopped watching NXT for, I don't know, a a long while, five or six months. And I'm, I'm back watching it now. Sometimes I may watch the clipped version, but uh, there was a reason why I stopped watching. And it was because of these overly stereotypical Asian characters. And so I relate back to that moment. And I cannot uh, empathize completely with someone who is Jewish in in this situation, Uh, but I can sort of look back on that and go, "Okay, like that turned me off. Now, I think the main reason why it turned me off was just because of how poor it was and how bad it was. Now, in Mm -hmm. this scenario, it's a little bit different in MJF is the protagonist or the hero or whatever you want to call it. Um, I have to be careful with those terms around J.D. because, you know, he, he's going to. Oh, gonna you're going to get some. Yeah. You're going to get <laughs> some literary
2: terms at some <laughs> point in this conversation. Trust me. He'll, he'll go Mr. Oliva on you. <laughs> um, so we won't. This is,
1: you know, this is step one. Or maybe maybe when he has met, he started to bring the story up again. Maybe that was step one. But we kind of knew that that wasn't the last time he was going to bring it up. Yeah. Um. So it's still very early. And and it, so, it looks like the idea is that MJF, this is like a baby. This is the vehicle to fully turn MJF babyface, and he is fighting against anti-Semitism. The question that I have is, why would Juice Robinson want to be involved in this? Because he is... Now, it is wrestling. It is fake. We understand that. He is playing a character... But he is going, he is synonymous with Juice Robinson. I don't even remember what his real name is. Like that is who he is. And so I thought that was interesting that he was okay with this, especially Mike. You mentioned doing the, the whole piece about his la- his full last name. He didn't just call him MJF, he called him his full yeah. last name. And so that was an interesting part of it. And I think where I finally just where my where my final thoughts went was. When I watched it, I was very uncomfortable. And I wasn't necessarily uncomfortable for myself because, again, I can't fully empathize being Jewish. I was uncomfortable because I remembered what people said when he first brought that line up. And we all at some point thought, is Adam Cole going to hit this dude with quarters? Because that's really terrible if he does. That's a terrible way for a heel turn in 2023. And so that's kind of where I, where I sat with was, I, I took what they said, and that kind of helped create what I thought about this thing. Now, you bring up the the situation going on in, in, in the world, and again, being unable to fully empathize. Now, we can all sympathize with terrorism and all, all of the deaths and such. Uh, the timing is, is really awful. And kind of what I what I hold accountable here is this Tuesday Night War, which is created, which just kind of went haywire. And I hearken back to some of the worst decision making that Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff made was during the wrestling war when they were just simply trying to one up each other. And I really wonder if we didn't have this head to head battle would they have pulled the trigger on this angle? Because this angle, it feels like, was set up specifically to kind of win the conversation of the night of the Tuesday Night War. And I wish that there was some sort of hesitation to do that, especially with the news of of what's going on in the world. But because of the war, the wrestling war, historically, sometimes you just throw judgment out the window. Like the thing that I thought about immediately was Austin and Pillman, the gun angle like that was completely yeah. a wrestling war thing. WCW keeps kicking our butt. How do we kind of get the zeitgeist? How do we get it back? How do we, how are we the show that's talked about every night to beat this NWO thing? And so, I, I wish that uh, we would have somebody would have told Tony Khan to, to not do this, especially <laughs> yeah. at this time. But he, this guy's in a wrestling war, and I, 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 I don't know for sure. But I just wonder if that's the reason ultimately that that won out. But then you, Mike, you mentioned, and I, and I'll end, and you guys can chat. Um, MJF came out on Twitter and was basically like, "You know, here's why I'm doing this. This is what I really feel. I'm not going to hide behind this." And a lot of people are saying, "Well, why isn't Tony Khan getting ahead out of getting ahead of the bad publicity?" Now, I don't really see a lot of the bad publicity. I think TMZ had a story awful announcing has been covering it and they've actually been really fair pieces. I thought for a yeah, not yeah. a wrestling site, but
2: yeah, I, I read, I read his story and I thought it was pretty good. The awful announcing one.
1: Um, So maybe Tony feels like, well, it's not really, I'm not getting hit from all the sides that maybe would, w- I would consider it to be something in bad taste. And plus max is out there. It's max's thing. And maybe that's the, the thought behind wh- why they're doing it this way. I, I don't know, but um, you know, ultimately, I wish that they wouldn't have done it. Uh, and but I can't then say uh, also say, well, that you know, I, because I'm not Jewish. I'm a lot of friends and and folks who are close to that community. They have completely different thoughts on it too. Some are like, eh, it's fine, and others are like, this is the worst thing possible. So, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards them and, and trying to learn more about you know, what they think. But ultimately, I was pretty uncomfortable and I thought maybe uh, not only did I not really want to see it, I also just thought it was such bad timing and that he could have at least pushed it a, a little while.
0: It's funny you talk about timing because last week MJF cut, I think what we can all agree is the worst promo of his career. Like he was struggling to get an audience reaction. The tofu thing with Jay White isn't working. And um, his work, especially his babyface work has been subpar. For the last last little bit. And uh Suit Williams for this website wrote an um a dissertation, really good piece on what's wrong with the MGF character that I know for a fact that Maxwell Jacob Friedman the person read. And I think he was super motivated to go out and cut a hell of a babyface promo and prove people. Wrong, so to say. And to be frank, in a vacuum, best I think his best babyface promo he's cut. maybe the best promo is it was cut, amazing frankly, it was, it was, was great, fantastic. Yeah. um, this is clearly his idea. I saw a lot of people getting worked up like how could like I saw like, how could they do this to Max? And it's like, come on, dude, like <laughs> this, is, this is a work, yeah. man. Like who do you think is in control of all this stuff? <laughs> um the timing isn't great, but I think that, I think that Maxwell Max Freeman, the person saw this as a chance to do something. And he, again, he's steering like, look, wrestling has done a bad job addressing this stuff in the past. I'm not going to do that. And I think in his heart of hearts, he truly believes that he has a different take on this. And, you know, we've had Gary, you and I have had discussions about what, what heels should and shouldn't do. And I always, I tend to always lean in the favor of the creative, right? Because I think that sometimes art should be uncomfortable, right? Sometimes, like, like Joel Anza on our webs on our uh, network said that sometimes you're watching Max go through therapy when mm. he's cutting promos and, and it's hundred yeah, percent accurate. Yep. But I think, and I think that, but I think that's a lot of creatives. Like I look back, my favorite writer, Stephen King, right? I read recently, I reread The Shining and I read Dr. Sleep and those books are about alcoholism. The Shining is a book about an alcoholic who has no control and his only way out is death. And Dr. Sleep is about an alcoholic in recovery and their sequel stories. Right. And that's Stephen King working through his demons. Right. And I think that's what a lot of the great creators do. And I think for MJF, that is a life defining moment. And he definitely is working through. I think a lot of what you see with this guy is um, legit. Right. I think a lot of the way he talks about how he feels is real. And he's working through fiction to fix himself which again that is what that is what every writer who's any good does now the argument is is pro wrestling the vehicle to do that um i don't have the answer to that question that is a, your mileage may vary as a viewer <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> right that yeah. because there is no answers so, but i'm of the mind that i would rather lean in the creator if you have an idea i would and you are sold on it i'll say okay right because for yeah. every shining and and uh dr sleep you get the Langoliers sometimes, or the Tommyknockers. Those are shitty Stephen King books for you guys who don't know that. Like, so I'm, I will support him in his effort, and I'll say, all right, I'm a back, I'm gonna support him in his effort. And if you make people uncomfortable with art, sometimes I think that's a good thing. I, but I reserve the right to say, boy, did you strike out here? <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, yeah. Because ultimately, the audience is going to determine whether or not it mm-hmm. worked, right? And sometimes we, oh, we, we typically we typically as podcasters and as kind of like wrestling reviewers will say, "Oh, well, that's just the heel trying to get heat." So then you're mad at him, so it worked. Well, not always, right? Sometimes you're so mad that you don't want to watch the show anymore, like Garrett that's just true. talked about, mm-hmm. right? And I think I think he could be entering into this ter- into that territory a little bit with this angle. I don't know that for a fact. I, I think that we're gonna we'll, we'll find out eventually um i i i would say yes max you you want to do this angle it's an anti-semitism angle in 2023 um you know maybe not the best idea to do it especially in a wrestling platform we're not a movie we're not a tv show although we are scripted entertainment but i don't think our audience is more nuanced enough to 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 do that and in fact you saw the backlash online whenever he did it and also if chavo guerrero today chavo guerrero senior today came to me and said he wanted to do an angle that he used to do with Roddy piper in la back in 1978 i tell him probably no or if you want to do that same angle with terry funk that he did in 1978 i would tell him no that's probably not going to work today right or or i was there live for um a brock lesnar promo on eddie guerrero and it was one of the more racist promos i've ever seen in fresno it got a ton of heat uh there in fresno because very fresno is a very hispanic community um, I, I would, I would tell them today, probably not. We're in a different world. You gotta, you gotta get with the times. Um, now, it, now it could, it could work and I could be completely wrong. I, I just don't think it's going to work. I didn't think juice executed very well. And I don't know why juice would be in the promo anyway. He's feud the heats with Jay because, right? because juice Robinson has
0: hit people with rolls of quarters for a long time.
2: I, that's I, why, I that's why
0: Mac, that's why Mac steered into that because yeah, he could but always back yeah, but Max didn't this, write anybody's yeah, names go, on it. But this is yeah, they're <laughs> they're working on this together though. And hey, Max can always go. Oh, Juice has done this
2: before. Yeah,
1: this is part
0: yes. of his character.
1: Okay, but can we go back to why Juice wants to put himself?
2: That's a that's on he Juice. Like, I have no Juice, idea. Uh, oh, okay, I can, tell, I can I got a good reason for you, Garrett. Okay. And, and it's Juice doesn't to have be social a main media. Oh, he, he doesn't oh. have social media. He's oh, there true. doing a job. He gets paid well. He didn't give a. His fuck. wife has a lot of
1: social media, though. <laughs>
2: his his wife does, and, and it is pretty commonly known that the you know she you know that they're married. But he himself he doesn't really pay attention to the criticism because he doesn't have the social media. He does not care. Uh, and, and they asked him to do something. And he did it. You know.
1: And he also wrestles for the most part. Uh, his his most success is in Japan and. You know the, the the there there may be different thinking and thought process there. So you know what's uh the reason why I, I mentioned the juice thing and th- n- we're I, I'm going to take this into like a pop culture reference that I will make a couple I will pop a couple people, but that's it. But yeah. um in uh in Beverly Hills, 90210, there was a character.
2: <laughs> of course, I knew was the eventually. there was a character.
1: Yeah. Andrea, uh, he, well, no, uh, oh. so D- Donna Martin, obviously Aaron Spelling's oh. daughter. She is in an, an abusive relationship. And the guy who plays the abuser is uh, Jamie Walters. He is also uh, a singer. He had a couple pop songs out there. Uh, How do you
0: talk to an angel? I remember that. exactly. Yeah. That's all. I got. So,
1: <laughs> so he uh, pushes her down the stairs, eventually goes and gets help. And they kind of bring him back in as like, he's so sorry and got help. And he's a good person. And his acting career was essentially over. He became a fireman and, and did good things with his life. But he said that that character, even though it wasn't real, he got so much heat in the real world for portraying this character that it kind of ended his, his acting career. Um, and, and so I don't think that's going to happen with Juice. Uh, I think you know wrestling is much different. I think the fans are, are much different as well, and obviously this is not Beverly Hills 90210, which is doing 20 million, you know, uh, a, a Wednesday night. But the, it, it is an interesting thing for a character. Now, maybe it's a way for him to be in the main event angle. Like maybe that's kind of the the, the positive to it. But that was that was the thing that I thought I was like I don't I just don't understand why he would want to be this poor human uh, in, in this in this role. Uh, I get why Max would want to be, because, you know, look, we can go back uh, only last year. Um, Kanye West said something that was really offensive and and anti-Semitic. Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, he did the same thing. He was sharing videos on Instagram that were anti-Semitic. So that, that part of it, it is still very much a big deal. Um, in the world. so I understand, and kind of back to you know what j d was saying, why Max would want to do this um because the the anti-Semitism is out there, and it's constantly out there. and 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 so I, I very much understand that part of it. Now, can they tell this story in the right way in professional wrestling? That that's is, I think that's a different question,
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think that pro wrestling has done a poor job in the past of telling these types of stories. Now, Max is the next level performer. Um, than most people, uh, juice is a good performer, but max is next level. Maybe they can pull it off. I get the feeling. They're going to pull the plug in the whole deal though. Um, that's don't just think my so. prediction. He's you doing, don't th- you think they're going to go no,
0: He's doing, he's doing anti-bullying campaigns based on this. Like max is a lot invested in this story. I don't think it's going anywhere. It might get wrapped up pretty quick, but I don't yeah. think it's going anywhere. Okay. Um, in no, the case of Jamie Walters' career, <laughs> I think the big problem with him is he wasn't very
1: good. Well, he's he's a one note. He's a one note <laughs> yeah. guy, but he was also kind of a, a heart throbby guy before that turn in his character, and then he wasn't a heart throbby guy anymore. <laughs> it, he was very yeah. hated uh, very quickly.
2: Well, because you know the, you know there are actors that have played like serial killers, rapists, Nazis, like Edward Norton. You know, played was a Nazi in American History X. that turned babyface in the same movie. His career turned out fine. You know what I mean? So, um, Jack Nicholson
0: I, I, has done nothing but play sociopaths his yeah. entire career. <laughs> you know, I had a yeah.
1: I had a uh, an interesting example, and I'm very interested because you know JD's a movie guy, obviously, and Mike, you, you know your stuff. I specifically decided that I was not going to watch Oppenheimer. And I knew that it was going to be a really good movie, and I knew that I would probably enjoy it, but I couldn't go in there thinking I'm going to watch a movie where the end goal is to kill Japanese people. Fair I yet. am Japanese American. Mm-hmm. And I know some people probably think, oh, it's it just it reminds me of too many things that I had to learn in school. Right. It just reminds me of this thing that exists every time they talked about internment camps. I have family who was in internment camps. I have, uh, you know, my my mom was very bullied in school because she was Japanese American. So I I decided I'm just not going to watch this movie. And for people who want to watch it more power to you i don't care it just personally for me i I don't want to deal with it but in the movie i knew what it was about i saw the trailers and i could make that choice somebody watching aew on tuesday night because of this hullabaloo about the tuesday night war they were not able to have that choice when it when it started um, so that is a little that that is the difference because people have talked to me about the same thing, wise movies and wrestling a, a different example. You didn't see that coming. They did not preview aew Dynamite that you were going to see this angle. So it is a little bit different,
0: yeah, but you knew Oppenheimer was coming out, right? Like, I mean, like you you heard about the movie. So, yeah, I mean,
2: but he's making got, the well, choice not to watch it. But, but the, when you're but watching like, Dynamite, you don't know the anti-Semitism's coming. No, but like that's
0: the the hint that it's coming, right? It's just because yeah. really we got the trailer. This this angle is the trailer for what comes, so you yeah. can make the choice not to watch the match.
1: Right? You can yeah, you can make the choice that when MJF shows up, you can just fast forward or you can turn it off. But the my, if well, I, I was
0: that, turns out
1: if I was running the company, <laughs> my fear would be: did that angle make more fans than would churn and I I don't know what the answer is. We we don't have any data on that yet, yet, obviously. But that would be the fear, right? Is that you turned off people who were fans and they may shut the show off for a few weeks. And I don't know if you will then make that up by fans that you may have made who are like, oh, this thing is interesting. But I could be wrong. There might be people who watch that show and were like, I'm very interested in where they go with this. And they may. They may tune in. here they may
2: out. most most of the outrage has been through Twitter, and Twitter is not real life. It really it really isn't. I, I can tell you, Mike's opinion is don't do it. Don't go there. I I I don't think that you're skilled enough to pull that off. Um, save it save it for you know movies, right? Let let movies and TV shows handle it. Um, pro wrestling can be you know sports entertainment i don't think they need to go in that direction i i i think it turns off more people that's going to turn on but i i could be dead wrong maybe it generates heat and they they sell some tickets off of this but guys we are up against the clock here so i want to just get real quick i want to get garrett's and jd's thoughts on uh, on the the nxt versus aew war of tuesday and then we're going to do bad tweets okay so uh <laughs> so garrett um uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, on aew getting their asses handed to them by nxt
1: I'll give you the cliff notes version of what I'm going to talk to John LaRocca about on the fight game podcast, which is I thought uh, for all the hullabaloo, the second time I use that word. And I don't think I've ever used that word in my life. (laughs) um, I thought both both (laughs) companies uh, put a very good foot forward. And I thought both shows were good. If you like those shows, but I don't think that, an NXT fan who only watches WWE saw, you know, turn the channel or whatever, however you do it these days and said, you know what? This AEW, I like it. I, I, and, and likewise, I don't think hardcore AEW fans who don't like anything WWE related flipped over to see, um, you know, John Cena pandering to the NXT crowd. And were like, you know what? I need to watch more of this. It was, uh, it was a race for a, a, rating that it's meaningful for one week and i don't think that you built any fans at all i don't think either show built fans uh based on what they did so i mean i think we're just back to zero come next week and everything's gonna be the same
0: oh 100 i I completely (laughs) forgot this happened last year right (laughs) i literally had zero memory that this happened last year and like wwe finally said you know let's just really try to beat them once like that's actually just like <laughs> like put effort into trying to beat well, the yeah.
1: problem was is that they did get beat last year and I'm sure they circled this date and were mm-hmm. like we're not getting beat this time not on our own night there's no way yeah. and they went out and pulled out all the stops. Well
0: and here's what's crazy about it is like for all talk of like NXT crushed W crushed AEW AEW had the exact same eighteen to forty nine rating they had last year all the growth was in NXT because yeah. they got their fans. They finally motivated their fans to watch the And NXT's ratings have grown over the year,
1: right? You so guys, they've done a good job building NXT. Th- thanks to the uh, actor strike. You were able to get John Cena on NXT. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, and, and my, my I'd thoughts be on it. That... a lot more too, based on yeah. how
1: things broke down this yeah, week. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, so, Hey, we're going to go to bad tweets, Garrett, stick around. Uh, you've never been a part of bad tweets before. We I'm just actually will. Cause it's a, it's a pretty new, it's a pretty new thing. We're I'm going to get on this. With these. <laughs> yeah. This nifty share screen here. Oh, okay. So first bad tweet is coming from, he just tweeted this. Oh no. He no! Deleted oh, it. Bitch. Oh. He deleted it. You got to oh, screen- screenshot these things. Yeah. Mike. You know what? Joe told me to screenshot it and put it into Google slides, but I was just like, ah, you know, the Google slides, it doesn't look that great. I'm going to keep, I'm just going to go to Twitter. This coward, his name is a ringspan. What an asshole. All right. <laughs> yeah. Ruining our gimmick, man. <laughs> yeah. Ru- ruined the Bullshit. gimmick. Ruin uh... the gimmick. Okay. Here, here's um, D underscore Robbins 202. Hey, Dave Meltzer. Let's be honest. Tony went up against NXT because he thought he would be able to beat them in the ratings easily. If he really wanted to make a statement, he would have ran Dynamite against Raw or SmackDown. You can prove me wrong if you want. <laughs> Um, That is a factually inaccurate statement, because I don't think Tony Khan had a whole lot of choice in the night that they were being pushed to.
1: (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I love
0: I love these people have such a poor understanding of how the television business works, that they think they think a dude who owns a show can tell the people who own the network. Hey, man, this is when I'm going to
1: run my show. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh a- yeah. Ash, astros uh you guys are moving to thursday because i have to run <laughs> <like a different laughs> yeah.
2: What? yeah i don't want to look like a pussy so i'm gonna go <laughs> monday night so you guys have to figure something out yeah it's funny uh this this one comes from a uh, cinnamon girl uh dynamite is boring now just a load of ex-wwe talent uh, i like watching the future russell Ah, uh, she says that while uh, the Undertaker was chokeslamming Braun Breaker in the main event of uh, NXT. That was the
1: worst part of both shows. I hated that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's ah, uh, that's
0: ironic. And now I wonder if she now because we don't know uh, Jesse Vasquez from um, love Jesse. Scoops, yeah, he's a good dude. Ah, uh, he yeah. clipped this for us. I, I don't think she's entirely wrong though in this. Like what no. we talked about before. Like I think there's I, some I...
2: truth to this. I think the criticism is valid, but this was in the context of WWE versus um, AEW, and I just thought that it was kind of funny to oh, say that weird. on an on a night where they have both shows were really loaded with Attitude Era stars, right? And es- especially in their main event scene, um, they were loaded with like fifty year old dudes. Yeah, they had um, so,
1: like it was like Raw reunion against Raw reunion. Yeah,
2: basically, and that's and that's why AEW is in the fucking uh, issue that it's having right now. Um, that this is a good tweet. Hold on. We're going to save that one for later. And this is my, my, uh, my bad tweet. This <laughs> comes won. from uh, Tony Khan. <laughs> this week, two active decades-long rating streaks from two great legends were ended. With all due respect, until this week's head-to-head AEW on TBS versus uh, WWE on USA, and neither John Cena nor Undertaker had ever been on a WWE show with under 1 million total viewers and under 400K in the demo. Uh, Mr. Tony Khan, I would like to remind you that this was the lowest-rated Edge match in absolute history that you put on. You got your ass handed to you, and you're not handling it very well. Uh, Tickets for Edge's last match. Joe sent this to me. Thank you, Joe. Tickets for Edge's last match in Toronto, 14,292 tickets. Tickets for Independence Dynamite, 3,621. Talk about a fucking drop-off, Tony Khan. Oh, also, SmackDown Edge's last match, the quarter hour, 2.1 million. And then he had about 600,000 people watching his match this week, maybe even less. Um, I think that you got your ass kicked and you need to just deal with it, dude. You got to move on. You, you went, you went over there expecting to fight their JV team and some varsity guys showed up and now you're talking shit. Go ahead.
0: One, you can't compare ratings for broadcast TV to cable. Cause I'll tell you what, when
2: SmackDown moves to the Fox network, they ain't going to be getting 2 million viewers. I'm, you know? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just speaking. It might yeah, more people are going to be watching on SmackDown. I don't know what the the data was for his last RAW match, if that's what you want to talk about. But his I'm last, sure it was sure. higher than five hundred thousand. Right? It's just
0: cherry picking the cherry picking of yeah. statistics. Now, did yeah. Tony
2: Khan act like a complete boner
0: and all of this? <laughs> yes, Absolutely, yes, dude. Someone's got to yeah. take like I know Jimmy Jacobs is sitting there next to him on his plane. He's got to like do some of that uh, you know voodoo magic that we had from the undead realm and take his phone from him. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting strategy, too. And I, I kind of understand the strategy. It's kind of like dirty poker, in a sense, in that he has so many followers and he gets more virality on, on stuff than your normal yes. rando. And so when regular Twitter user who's not really connected to wrestling goes into his for you, which is where I see all of Mike Gilbert's tweets, Um, (laughs) Me, too. For some reason, (laughs) I
0: always get them in the for you, too. I don't know what's up with that. You're just
1: going to see a bunch of Tony Tony Khan tweets related to (laughs) wrestling. Right. You're not going to see a Shawn Michaels tweet or you're not going to see, you know, maybe you'll see a uh, uh, Cody Rhodes tweet or something. But like Tony is trying to game Twitter so that his tweets stand over all of these other tweets. And you know he he's also trying to dunk on people, but yeah, I mean Twitter is that was that was you know, that
2: was a pretty poor dunk. Those guys didn't even yeah. wrestle; they were just uh, you know like on the outside. Well, I um, mean the his poor the draws yeah. of the sh- they were the, did, his, they his, they they definitely helped out the show. Yeah. His poor they, judgment
1: they, started when uh, he called Shawn Michaels and Triple H bald assholes. Like, that yeah. was know, kind see, of uncalled. For. See,
2: yeah. I that that was poor judgment, uh, unbecoming of a professional. I happen to be entertained by that stuff. But that was you hilarious. Know he, you of. know who he reminds me of, Garrett. Right now, he a little bit of uh, Micah Parsons, Talking <laughs> all that shit heading into Sunday. Micah Parsons, the defensive end for the Cowboys, and then they got their asses whooped, forty-two to ten. And then afterwards, he's like, "Oh no, we can get them again. Yeah. Come on, guys, you didn't. Be, you're not really all that good." That's kind of laugh, laugh what we're now, cry right later here. is what he said. Yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Laugh now, cry later. Um,
0: so... I just wish Tony was funnier. Right? I think if yeah. you're gonna be that, if that's gonna be your Twitter identity, like I just would. Like he can talk shit, but very rarely like laugh out loud hilarious like i just wish he was funnier with it
2: yeah
1: yeah he needs a chael sunnen uh like person who has well, no credibility and you don't really <laughs> care if he tweets he's just going to be a jerk but he's very popular because he's a jerk and that's how you can game the twitter algorithm i'd rather have a chael in like type do that the pro AEW stuff rather than the guy who's running the company. I would, I just, I would just rather not see him on Twitter that much, but he is their top. He is their top interview. Like when it comes to promoting and when it comes to getting, uh, information, like getting all the viral stuff and, and all the blogs going, he's the best person at it. Right. Like he, he, he he trusts himself to do that. He doesn't seem like he trusts most other people (laughs) to do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He is definitely their, their number one fan, their number one promoter. He owns the company. He books the company. He is a president GM. He has everything to that company. Um, he needs to just, you know, you know, talk some shit going in, but after you get the L just like take that one on the chin. Like, All right, guys, you got me on this time. We're, we're going to do this again next baseball season. I'm coming at you even harder. Yeah, Like that would have been a, b- a better response. Um, Absolutely. But Hey guys, we, we are out of time. I think we ran about 20 minutes over time. Um Garrett, why don't you go ahead and plug your show, plug your network, patreon.com slash fight game media. Um, you got tons of content over there. So tell us all about it. That that's all. If,
1: if you want to follow fight game uh, media on Twitter, just at fight game media, you can see all the things that we do. Fun thing for tomorrow is you know, we have this secondary tier, uh the ten dollar tier, and we're getting our first uh happy hour going on with those with those folks. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. I I I like at least virtually pressing the flesh and really meeting people in person and getting to know them. Like that's kind of what I really enjoy about this thing. So much like I got to do that with you guys, but so that's all yeah. just at fight game media on Twitter. Come check us out.
2: All right. And then Garrett, I'm sure we'll be back tomorrow with, uh, with uncle Dave on wrestling observer radio and Absolutely. Uh, we're live pal. He's got all kinds of stuff going on there. One of the thank thank one him for following podcast. me. Thank you for following <laughs> yeah. me on Twitter. You and know uncle what? Dave. You know what? <laughs> I don't know what the hell I gotta do to get this fucking guy to follow me. Well, well like, you I, need dude, to
1: come to his house, like you said. Yeah. You possibly will in the future. You need to come hang out, spend yeah. some time with Uncle Dave, and then you know, uh, maybe me he'll and him tanked
2: him. Baron Corbin's career together. You would think that we would have a bond. <laughs> uh,
1: just before we before uh, we get out, you guys are going to come do something with me sometime soon as well. Yes. And that'll be a lot of yeah. fun, and you know I think. I think I'm supposed to like not like you guys or something because you guys I, I doing... think
2: I think there was like a whole thing where people thought that uh, we we got pilfered by uh by voices like there was a raid. It was like Todd Gordon on the phone on the ECW days trying to get us. <laughs> no, I I,
1: I love I love you guys. I love yeah. what you do. I wish you the most success humanly possible for your show. That's how much I. Well,
2: thank you for being here. And uh, I always appreciate you getting us started, boss. We really loved having you. Uh, And uh, for everybody, uh, thank you for, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening in. If you could do me a big favor and hit that like button, make sure you throw down a a comment and also be a subscriber to the voices of wrestling, YouTube. I'd greatly appreciate it. And then also head over to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show, where we're going to have some overtime coming up. And I'll also be back with some brace for impact this weekend. Um, And until next time, Mahalo. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick. It's the
0: click. So I hope you watch your A-game. A-made, no rain. From the track when we unite your This is not A-game. Better bring your A-game. Competition
1: starting to get thick. It's the click. So I hope you watch your A-game. a mate, no rain. From the track when we